0: Chapter 4 of Miss Meredith by Amy Levy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Monica Rolly. Miss Meredith by Amy Levy. Chapter 4 The English lesson next morning proved rather an ordeal it took place in one of the many sitting-rooms a large room with an open hearth on which however no fire was lighted but with a shawl around my shoulders and a cassetta or brass box filled with live charcoal for my feet i managed to keep moderately warm bianca rather sullenly drew a small collection of reading-books grammars and exercise-books all bearing marks of careless usage from a cabinet and placed them on the table then drawing a chair opposite mine she fixed her suspicious curious eyes on me and said in french have you any sisters miss meredith i have two but we must speak english Marchesina. i always spoke french with miss clark answered bianca miss clark as i subsequently gathered was my predecessor who had recently left the palazzo after a sojourn of eighteen months and who to judge by results must have performed her duties in a singularly perfunctory fashion are your sisters married bianca condescended to say in english looking critically at my gray merino gown with its banded bodice and at my hair braided simply round my head no but one is engaged and have you any brothers no not one and i have not one sister and two brothers signorina cried bianca apparently much struck by the contrast it is my brother andrea who is so anxious for me to learn and to read books although i am past eighteen he writes about it to my father and my father always does what andrea tells him then you must work hard to please your brother i said with my most didactic air examining the well-thumbed english italian grammar as i spoke what is the use when he has been five years in america who knows when i may see him ah molto independente is andrea molto independente and bianca shook her too neat head with a sigh of mingled pride and approbation we made a little attack on the grammars and reading books in the course of the morning but it was uphill work and i sat down to the piano feeling thoroughly disheartened but the music lesson was a great improvement on the english bianca had some taste and considerable power of execution and we rose from the piano better friends a short walk before lunch was prescribed by the marchesa and soon i was re-threading the maze of the pisa streets bianca hobbling slowly and discontently at my side on her high heels my pupil's one idea with regard to a walk was shops and now she announced her intention of buying some torino the sweet paste of honey and almonds so dear to italian palates as we turned into the narrow street with its old old houses and stone arcades where such as they are the principal shops of pisa are to be found i could not suppress an exclamation of delight at the sight of so much picturesqueness ah said bianca not in the least understanding my enthusiasm you should see the shops at Turin and the great squares and the glass arcades and the wide streets i have been there twice romeo says it is almost as beautiful as paris the ladies drove out again after lunch in the close carriage and again i set out alone to explore the town this time i penetrated into the interior of the cathedral spending two happy hours in the dusky richness of the vast building lost in admiration now of the soft rich colour of marble and jasper and painted glass now of the pictures on walls roof and altar now of the grandeur of line the mysterious effects of light and shadow planned by the cunning brain of a long departed master the weather was much milder than on the previous day and half a dozen tourists with red guide-books were making a round of inspection of the buildings on the piazza two of these i recognized with a thrill to be my own compatriots they were to the outward eye at least quite uninteresting a bride and bridegroom presumably of the most commonplace type but i followed them about the cathedral with a lingering wistful glance which i am sure had they been conscious of it would have melted them to pity once as i was standing before andrea del Sarto's marvellous saint catherine the pair came up behind me it's like your sister nellie said the man nonsense nellie isn't half so fat and she never did to her like that in her life why you wouldn't know nellie without her fringe answered the woman in a superior way as they moved off to the next object of interest mentioned in Baedeker, there were philistines no doubt but i was in no mood to be critical and must confess that the sound of their english voices was almost too much for my self-control the ladies went out after dinner and i was left to the pains and pleasures of a solitary evening an almost unprecedented experience in my career the next day was sunday the family drove to early mass and an hour or two later i made my way to the english church the sparseness of whose congregation gave it rather a forlorn aspect the english colony is small and consists chiefly of invalids attracted by the mildness of the climate who at the same time are too poor to seek a more fashionable health resort they did not as may be imagined present a very cheerful aspect but the sight of them filled me with a passing envy mothers and daughters sisters friends everyone came in in groups or pairs with the exception of myself i the most friendless and forlorn of all these exiles the chaplain and his wife called on me after i had sent in my name for a sitting but there was never much intimacy between us in the evening of this, my first Sunday away from home, the marchesa again received, and once more I sat bewildered amid a flood of unintelligible chatter, or exchange occasional remarks with Bianca, who appeared to have abandoned her suspicions of me, and had taken up her place at my side. End of chapter four. Recording by Monica Raleigh.